just a reminder that we do have our Patreon, and if you could go and support us, that would be brilliant. It keeps the podcast going, pays all the bills and stuff like that, so it is really, really helpful, and we love everyone who's on there. Thank you very much. Go to patreon.com forward slash HM4AS, the four being the number four, and if you could give us a couple of quid a month, that would be brilliant. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Hello. It's Mick and Lucy from the popular tattoo-based podcast, How Much for a Sleeve, and we'd like to give a few moments over to our new sponsor, DSM Tattoo Machines. Lucy, tell us a bit about them. Well, Mick, DSM Tattoo Machines make exceptional coils and now a new rotary, Tattoo Machines, not guns. You can check them out at dsmtattoo.co.uk and don't forget you get 10% off with discount code SLEEVE10. They also make a range of needles. You can find them at lockdownneedle.co.uk. I think they're very nice. This is Good Time Charlie and you're listening to How Much for a Sleeve. Hello, you're listening to How Much for a Sleeve, a podcast about tattooing hosted by an actual tattooist. Lucy Richardson. <laughs> and a natural knob, Mick Tickner. How are you doing? That was loud. Are you well? I am well. I'm trying to counteract the shit sound by just shouting. I'm just yeah. going to shout. So Lucy still hasn't got a microphone that she that she broke, or that broke, rather. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it might sound a little bit shit. And I've just moved house and can't find my microphone stand. So I'm holding the microphone in my hand, which probably <laughs> sounds... What a mess. Sounds bad. We're just a general shambles all across the board. Have you had a nice We've week? We've gone full circle. We peaked too soon. Way too soon. Episode <laughs> episode one, I think. Um, yeah. have, have you had a nice week? Tell everyone what you've been doing. I've had a very pleasant week. I've been uh, on a little guest spot jolly at Origin in London, which was very fun. I had the best time. I literally like Every time I go on a guest spot, I just come away like in love with everyone in the shop. And that's how I feel today. And that it was, was great. with our guest on episode four, Matt Stops, isn't it? Yes, Matt Stops, who, um, who had a very messy night the day before I came in. And then um, consumed, on the first day I was there, consumed... The amount of food consumed, I just don't understand, literally. I think he probably ate his body weight in carbs on how that many, day. How many meals? Um, 75. Too many meals, Matt. You need to cut down on the meals. He's not, a, he's not a big lad either, is he? What, what's he doing? Just putting it in his pockets? <laughs> <laughs> Put a slice in the pocket? Yeah, slice no clue. I just don't know where... Yeah, <laughs> no clue. he just come down the stairs and go... I'm going to get McDonald's, do you chicken nuggets? Or like, he'd go upstairs, he'd be eating another meal. We had like a family-sized lasagna and then uh, cheesy chips. And yeah, um, but we did, we had oysters, which is lush, oysters and champagne. There's lots yep. of tattoos. We went out for a lush meal. I worked the um, helpers hard with all the setting up and breaking down. Made an enemy there, Jack said. <laughs> the what? guy that helps out. What, for, for, for being too demanding? Just doing too much work, um, doing 10 set, setting up. Um, sorry, my daughter's just come in and is um, uh, doing, doing podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't make me scream this time. Yeah, that was Everyone, uh, my child says hello. That's fine. Hello. Um, she had got rewarded today 
a monetary reward and also a pair of Air Force Ones because she Ooh. did Sick excellent, list. excellent schoolwork. Well yeah, done. So well done to Imbia. <laughs> um, yeah, Zach, the helper, he had to set up and break down for me 10 times yesterday. That is a lot though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, be fair, to be fair to him, he's probably got a... Does he get, does he get a little bit of the purse? He gets paid for, right. um, yeah, he's just employed by them. Okay, I see. So, that, that is that is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Setting up in it, especially in these uncertain times that we live in. There's, I imagine <laughs> there's, there's extra things to do. Yeah. And every What's time, about- like, at Origin, you tattoo downstairs, and, like, the reception lovely areas upstairs. And every time I'd come upstairs, he'd be like, <sighs> <laughs> Oh, but it was it was so great. I was so happy to be there. They're just yeah, they they're so welcoming, and it was great. I have a lot of love for all of them. Good. So That's thanks. Nice. If any of you are listening, thank you very much. I like you a lot. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? That is nice. Uh, what major thing has happened to you today? My God, got another cat, a little kitten that we've called Optimus. Full name Optimus Feline, which is a really <laughs> shit sort of wordplay on Optimus Prime, which doesn't really work, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, he's very <sighs> fluffy. He's had a poo. So all, oh. all, all systems go. Not not been introduced to the other two yet. We're um, we're sort of trying to keep him back, but we let we let Bowl have a little sniff because she was yelling at the door. She just went in there and immediately tried to box him. So we've removed <laughs> her from the from the area. But yeah, he's, he's doing all right. He went to the vets uh, and... Yeah, so he had his little. He said he's the cat. He said this is. They confirmed it. Yeah, and they also confirmed, which I thought was a bit strange. uh, Lovely vet, lovely fella called David, and he just went, "Yes, it's a boy, and it's got two testicles." I was like, (laughs) "Right, that's what I would expect." But I I didn't know if that was a a, a thing. But Moon's only got one eye, so maybe he was just confirming in case we had any, 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 any worries. But yeah, he's 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 fabulous. (laughs) He he loves a purr. Uh, not a big fan of getting stroked yet, but he's only little, so I'm sure that'll come. I'll force him to it. It's like you're getting it. Oh, so. like what I what I do with Elvis, force yeah. him to love me. Yeah, just you will love me because I'll hold you around your neck until you until you stop <laughs> rigging. Until you stop rigging. <laughs> Elvis is not loving me today. He's furious that I had the audacity to leave him alone for a few days. This is the thing, is though, like. Moon does it as well. Like if we go out to the shops, she come like when we come back. She comes in. She's yelling at us like, "Where the fucking hell have you been? I've been here on my own. Anything <laughs> could have happened. I could have died. I could have put the oven on and burnt my paw. You know, all of these horrible things could have happened." And then when we were actually here, I go, "Hello, Moon." She goes, "Oh, would you leave me alone?" It's like make your mind up. Do you want us here or not? Because when we are here, you ignore us, and when we go out, you're like, so, "Pets, glorious beasts." <laughs> Um, I had to clarify that my I got my mum to come in and feed Elvis. She wasn't totally by herself. I didn't neglect him in that way. Um, oh, I forgot something really funny that happened. Yes. Um, Matt Stop's got a dick egg tattooed on him. He did, right on the hand. Nice. The dick is the thumb. Yeah. Right. That sounds cool. <laughs> it was very nice. Very nice. And um, we drew it. We went for dinner at the Ivy and we were drawing the design in there. <laughs> Is this not from your ultra flash dick egg 
yeah it is from the ultra yeah so that's the genesis of the piece it's always nice to know the history of such important work isn't it i had a few yeah it is is my voice my voice seems really deep i I had a few beers last night (laughs) did you get the vet to confirm how many testicles you've got and like oh i've got two i'll go deeper yeah i don't know i just feel my voice sounds really deep but it always does when i'm a bit hungover is it because I'm extra high pitched? Because I'm very excited. Yeah. Just go as high as I can. Um, thanks yeah. to uh, all of the new patrons. We love you very much. Thank That's you very, so much. Very nice of you. Very nice. Appreciated muchly. And thank you for your support. And uh, thank you to everyone again who shares it and likes it and all that sort of stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. And all the nice messages. I do enjoy them. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, Anne what a nice man! Lovely man, cool story yeah. about how he how he came to be in the UK from yes. Latvia, and yeah. obviously is the the tattoos he he does are so unique and distinctive that he's he's got that sort of superstar following now. And yeah, like, no, you know, like people are doing sort of similar stuff but no one's doing what he does are they yeah that's it he's so unique and so talented i must i need to book in my joey that we mentioned in this yes and just off put by the pain not gonna lie yeah Um, they've got to be pretty big haven't they you can't really just get a tip yeah i know when we were chatting to him i think i was just sort of like i said oh yeah i just want it hand size and i was looking when i was looking back yeah nah size (laughs) yeah i don't want it i don't want a hand size like i was just like oh I like at the start we we um we spoke about Slipknot for about twenty minutes. I, know, I just went off on one like, <laughs> but yeah, it's such a nice chat. It's it's always so interesting to speak to people from different backgrounds and different stories, and it's um just make new friends every week. Don't we? Absolutely, it's lovely. Um, so have we got anything else to talk about? You've moved into your house officially now. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what we can talk about. Yeah, I've moved in. So there's just shit everywhere, but we're in permanent residence now. Uh, oh, homeowners. What do you call That's me? That's why your voice is deeper, a homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that's why your voice is deeper because you're officially an adult. Is that an now? adult. Because I'm not a renter anymore. My voice yeah. gets deep, so I can just laugh at people who rent. That's all. That's all people who own homes do. <laughs> Buy Audis. Have you met any of your neighbours? Yes, uh, they're uh, human or animal, or both. Both. Yeah, there's there's a dog that I haven't actually heard, but I have heard the owner shouting "Coco, be quiet!" But I haven't actually heard the dog barking yet. So I'm looking forward to meeting Coco. Um, Maybe Coco is the husband or wife. Uh, partner no 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 house. it's de- definitely definitely i've well there i've seen dogs in the back garden but i haven't yeah. i haven't been sniffed by them yet if you know you know when i in the because they're it's like <laughs> our, our back garden backs onto there so if i'm in the upstairs i can see into their into their garden um there's loads of cats on here and yeah everyone everyone that we've met seems very nice it's a very pleasant part of leeds with um like green trees and shit. So yeah. Oh, a tree. How nice. Uh, yeah, man. Proper. Made it. 
So yeah. You have made it. Very happy. A bit different uh, from the fens. Yeah, there's lots of trees there as well. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's nice. A bit knackered though. Took a week off work to to move in, and now I feel more fucked than I was before I had the week off. Because um, because <laughs> I'm, I basically haven't done any exercise since lockdown one started. Um, so just lifting boxes for a couple of days fucking wiped me right out. I bet it's hard work. I've just been I've been exercising there. Went for a swim. We played tennis and then for a swim. And then nice. there's an outdoor pool. And I saw joining this gym was the best decision ever just for the outdoor pool. I was like, God, why have we waited so long to use it? There's something quite, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, like swimming outdoors does something to your brain that it doesn't do indoors. Indoors smells too bad and it's always too hot. But swimming outdoors, yeah. there's something wonderful about it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. I got water in my ears within the first lap. Lap? <laughs> running around the pool. Is that what we meant to do? <laughs> yeah, just, just sliding, just skimming your ear across the top of it. <laughs> Length. Um, did you just... Oh, yeah, it's less. Did you just laugh at, you, at, your, at yourself saying <laughs> when talking about lengths in a swimming pool? You are so juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, though. It works well. Yeah. Lol. Uh, lol, indeed. Um, so shall we get our guest on? Yes. I think each week we ramble more in our intro, but, um, you know, I like it. This is episode 17 of How Much for a Sleeve with Anne Straum. How much for a sleeve? Today we are chatting to the amazing Anne Straum. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much as well for inviting me. I've been uh, really excited about this because I've been trying to get tattooed by you for ages and um, followed you for so long. I just, yeah, I'm a big fan of your of your tattoos. All right, thanks a lot. Yeah, what what are the things you want to get tattooed by me? That's always well, interesting. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I originally I emailed you once and I think it was within like an hour of um, you opening your books and I asked you to do a Morticia Adams um, and you replied and said, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm already I'm already full. And I was like, damn, I must get in there. But recently, like I've changed. I really want to get Joey Jordison. So I've got like a space reserved on the back of my calf for it and um and then when I was looking at your Instagram recently I saw that you'd done that print of him so I was like oh my god it's I want it so much now <laughs> yeah I really love Joey as well one of my favorite Slipknot members if not the favorite one probably so uh, that will be awesome to do that oh great yeah same I I think we've spoken about this before. I've spoken it to multiple people, basically, like, but when, because I've loved Slipknot, they're like my my number one band. I've listened to them since I was like 14 and now I'm 34. And I always, that's, you know, like teen girl, you've got to fancy somebody. And I fancy <laughs> Joey Jordison so much, even though I didn't know what he looked like. 
<laughs> no one knew. No one knew. Yeah. Yeah, Even I fancied him and I was like 14 year old boy, you know, and I thought he's the most badass dude ever. Like, you know, and he's just so pretty and stuff. But even no one knew how he looks. Yeah, yeah that was it. And, um, and then when he left and he I don't know if they like revealed their faces first or it was when he left and joined murder dolls and then i saw what he looked like and the bubble burst (laughs) nasty (laughs) i know i don't know if it was because i realized he was about three foot five tall or if it was like the the ratio of his face was like 75 percent forehead (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i still love him that broke my heart when he left slipknot yeah I remember there was online, there were some uh, kind of Slipknot unmasked photos floating around and you never even knew if they're real or not. And if someone was uh, hair colored like jo- uh, like Joey, then they will assume that's him and stuff. So I think I've seen him even before, like murder dolls and stuff. So yeah yeah I, de- I remember definitely doing loads of google searches and I remember seeing Corey and just being like, oh, that's not what I thought he looked like. That was when he had so much hair. Yeah. Was it easy, like, say you're from Latvia, is that correct? Yeah. Was it easy to see bands over there or did you did you manage to see them back in the day? No, no, there were no bands literally coming there at all. And no one can afford to travel outside. Well, of course, people could afford, but not us kids. You know, we couldn't Mm. afford to travel around Europe to see bands. So we didn't see anyone pretty much until like 2010 or 2008 and stuff when when all bands were coming as well there because of the European Union and stuff. Oh yeah see I I think you definitely take it for granted being in the UK. I think the first first time I saw them was at Leeds Festival in about 2000 and it was the first gig I went to and it was this amazing lineup there was like Rage Against the Machine and Slipknot and um there was this like girl pop duo called Daphne and Celeste and they played on the main stage and they got yeah. bottled off stage. People were throwing bottles of piss and they yeah. did like right. one song and then they were like running off the stage. But, to be fair, they, they did try and crack on. They realised that they were being sort of put on as a novelty act, but I've never understood bottling. Like, yes. I want to watch Slipknot. Like... We'll just wait another hour yeah. and you can see them. They're not going to come on sooner if you pissed yeah. off they're still going to come on at that time but yeah, yeah. bad bad form from the um from the organizers there but yeah Le- leeds festival at uh, leeds and reading used to have those metal days and this oh. is when there was like i think monsters of rock was happening but it was never as it was it was always a bit old geezers and kiss headlining and that sort <laughs> of thing which is which is fine but that you know those 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 days where they used to have metal on and they don't do them anymore Maybe downloads are taking it off. They don't need yeah. to. It's all a bit, nothing wrong I with g- it. And it's very successful, but it's all a bit Radio 1 rock now rather than those. Yeah, definitely. Know, Slayer played there and stuff yeah. like that. That never happened again now, would it? I know, that's nuts. Because I grew up in Scotland. We had, um, there was a gig and a festival in Glasgow called Gig on a Green. And it was basically almost an identical lineup to Reading and Leeds, like the metal yeah. days, but on a tiny scale. And I saw, I saw Slipknot there. I was like, at the barrier and the the crowd was tiny really and I saw god like prodigy um Eminem Manson um god just like so many bad offspring no effects and you could be at the barrier with no no issues and then when I saw Slipknot last year I think what was it last year I don't god lockdown yeah, just, last 2019 yeah 
No, um, when I went to the O2. Oh, yeah. I think it was last January. Yeah. Yes. And it was. I think that was this... the last gig I went to. Oh, mm. how sad. <laughs> so sad. sad. But it was just this huge spectacle and it was all about the stage show. And it was just like, it made me pine for 2001 Slipknot when they were wearing I'd, red jumpsuits. And... I'd love to see what you looked like in 2001. I bet you had green hair. I bet you had little braids in it, didn't you? I had little braids. Yeah. I had dyed red hair and then it went black and I was drawing a upside down black cross on my forehead and I had like okay. three dog colours on. I was wearing like an Amen t-shirt and black leather trench coat, black flares, um, studded wristbands all the way up to my elbows and all those like plastic jelly, jelly bands. <laughs> Awful. Um, enough of your fashion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're too- <laughs> yeah, we're like here to speak to Anne Reed. I'm just like... Yeah, Slipknot, yay, Martian life. <laughs> um, so, Henri, how did you start tattooing? Um, I started tattooing from home, like many of people done back then. And for me, tattooing was, wasn't really uh, anything kind of uh, like art back then. I just saw it, it was because of the bands. They were all covered with tattoos, band members. And I just thought tattoos are just the most badass thing ever. <laughs> so I kind of when I started tattooing, I, I I just wanted to get covered in tattoos myself and also tattoo others, just because I thought it's badass and I never really thought it will be uh like it is now. And I never, as well for me, I never kind of was into thinking tattoo as an art form, not not much back then, like when I just started. So for me, it was just because I yeah bands and I wanted to be badass. And uh, I I got I started getting tattoos myself and I just realized well. Because then uh, we didn't have much internet as well. Well, it was, but it was quite sl- slow still then. And uh, when I was getting my tattoos, I, most of the times I was drawing them myself as well. And then I was taking my own drawings to the studio and they were just basically tracing and tattooing them on me. And I just realized, well, might as well do it myself because mm-hmm. if I draw it anyway, I can just tattoo them myself. Of course, I was young and dumb, but didn't realize how actually hard it will, will all be. But kind of, yeah, then I realized I wanted to do it. And I started maybe like a year after that and just started doing on my friends mostly and on myself, on my legs and stuff like that. Do you look at, do you look at your tattoos that you've got on yourself that you did and cringe or have you covered them up or reworked them? I haven't reworked many of them or covered them up. I don't really think much about tattoos. I think still for me, it's kind of, I, I just don't think about it I don't really look at them anymore I don't even know what I have them on my legs anymore you know it's it's just so part of myself that I don't know I just don't see it (laughs) was it what's the tattoo scene like in Latvia compared to what it is in the UK Uh, right now or how it was before it's like well both yeah then and now well, there back in like early 2000s and late 90s and early 2000s, uh, it was super underground still. It was all about the only alternative as well, like only like rockers will get them. And of course, prisoners and all that. So there's all that stigma with prisoners and tattoos. But most of the times, tattoos will be like really alternative kind of metal more scene and just for alternative people back there. And it was also so small, there was no culture of tattoos there because it was just so new kind of it, it all came from kind of prison tattoos and developed into what we were looking in uh, magazines or tv or something but we didn't have our own culture or anything like that 
and maybe in all country we only had maybe 20 tattooers you know in whole country that was about the 90s i would say so of course eventually with all the miami ink and all that mm -hmm. stuff it kind of exploded there big big time but even then now still we don't kind of we don't have latvian traditional tattoos or we don't have any latvian styles or anything like that it's just all inspired by all worldwide uh, tattooing and uh, to kind of one, one thing i always say how kind of back back in time it all is there uh, they had their first official apprentice all country like in latvia they had their first official apprentice i think only three years ago or four years ago that was kind of first time studio announced we are looking for apprentice, you know, and that wow. was kind of a big deal in, in Latvian tattooing world, I think. Wow, that's crazy. I, I remember watching your um, 10 years of tattooing video and you said that you were the first Latvian tattoo artist to work the London convention. Yeah, that someone's told me that. I'm not really sure, but I think probably I was, yeah. Yeah, that's that's quite an accolade, and it's um it's sad now that the London committee. I think I've probably spoken about this quite a lot because I think it's so sad that it's gone. Um, so amazing that you you sort of managed to to get in there while it was still running. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the biggest things uh, work there in London convention. Yeah, I walked past your booth. And I think you were tattooing or chatting to somebody, and I. I was like, I'm going to come back and try and talk to you. And then I just couldn't, I couldn't sort of manage it. You was, you're busy. And um, I was going to try and convince you to do Joey then. <laughs> <laughs> so I started a podcast and I'm going to use this as a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And so how long have you actually been tattooing now? Um, it will be 13 years now. Wow. This year, I think. Yeah. When did you first do your, your first like dark trash realism? I started it maybe about seven years ago. It kind of developed into that sort of style. And then I just started working it more and more. I think it was uh, late 2000, uh, early 2013 when I did my first one. Yeah. And then, of course, it, it was kind of, it wasn't straight away. It wasn't like I woke up one morning yeah. and, okay, <laughs> I'll do this. It was kind of slowly, slowly development, but that that was kind of like one of the breaking points when I started to realize that I am up to something and I can develop that. And people started yeah. asking me more to do that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, I, I've seen that you've done a few like self-portraits and um, some of your like portraits of your wife. Is that really weird to do? And like, who do you do? Who asks for them? Are they just like people you don't know or just randomers? And you're like, why do you want my wife on you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of the times, they were, those are random people. Well, pretty much all my customers are random people who I don't know <laughs> and have, haven't met before. And I don't really ask questions why they want my wife on them because they usually write it in, my, in like... <laughs> already in the email that she just really inspired them in some way in their lives uh, with being unique or with like veganism even or with with something else and they just want her portrait on her and she's beautiful she has great reference photos so i'm always happy toward that and when i tattoo her i don't really think it's weird because i tattoo everyone's wives and when i tattoo celebrities you know mm. most of those people are someone's wife or someone's husband <laughs> or father or something so it it's just, just the same i don't really concentrate on the thing yeah what about when you're tattooing a self-portrait on somebody oh, that must yeah. be really weird 
Yeah, I tattooed them on tattoo artists. I think I did three of my self-portraits and two of them are on tattoo artists. So, of course, again, again, I inspired them as an artist. And Mm. so uh, they want to get my portrait tattooed on them. Um, Doesn't feel weird as well. I don't know. I just don't really think about things like that. Uh, If they want it, I I think it's more cool than weird, you know. And Mm. I'm kind of grateful that I can do that. That... Yeah, that that must be amazing. Like, you know, you're definitely an inspiration to so many and just you've got such a unique and and distinct style that and I guess at one point it just it's just, you know, it's just art, isn't it? You just it's just a a, an image that you're tattooing. You just try and not think about the fact you're you're putting your own face on somebody's (laughs) ribcage. Yeah, it's just dots underneath the skin with with needle. That's all it is. Um, so veganism is a, a huge part of, of your life. Um, I'm just going to quickly chat about like veganism and tattooing. Um, for somebody who who wants to um, make sure their setup is completely vegan and cruelty free, like I use a completely vegan and cruelty free setup. I think there's it's so easy to do with the products that are out there. But if somebody isn't aware, what sort of simple changes can they make in order to ensure that their setup is vegan? Um, most of the tattoo inks anyway are vegan. Uh, I think pretty much all of them are vegan. I think the only ones what's not vegan is probably unlicensed inks anyway, but you wouldn't want to do with. But from what I know, most of the big brand inks are vegan and pretty much everything is vegan. The only things which you need to avoid is um, the butters, what you use. So for like, I use hustle butter and that is 100% vegan, but some of them have BVAX inside and some other things. Um, and another thing, what only thing else that comes in my mind is uh, green soap because that contains lawn oil. And I think it's right. not really... Uh, it's not really stated where it comes from because uh, there's two variations of it. It can come from animals or it can come from plants. And sometimes they state where it comes from. Usually when it's plant-based, they do state that it's plant-based because that's that's the point they're selling it with. And if they don't state where it comes from, it, it is possibility that it's from animal fats. So, of course, I don't use green soap. I just use Dr. Bronner's magic soap instead. I use that. And and I think that's about it. Nothing else is. Nothing else that comes in mind. Now, you asked me that question, I don't know. But yeah, pretty <laughs> much everything is everything is vegan anyway. And is, is the, the, the vegan, the inks are now all vegan. Does that come from like something way back in the 70s where they used to crush beetles up to get a color out or something mad like that? Because I don't understand what, what would make an ink not be vegan. Um, there was, yeah, there was a lot of, there, there could be, I'm not an ink maker myself, yeah. so I don't really know the details, but there could be crushed bugs for yeah. to make some pigments. Yeah. Also, they were bo- burning bones to get like a black ink, bone right. chalk, chalk, I think. Um, and some other things, and also glycerin or, uh, or I don't know, <laughs> some other things could be yeah. inside there. But now it's just easier to make synthetic uh, kind of, yeah versions of it because then uh like so I, I was talking with some ink maker and they said like when you crush the bugs for example every time those bugs could uh, be different a little bit different tones and a little bit different colors so of course your ink will change as well because of that but if you make synthetic versions of it they will always be the same and it's also safer to make mm. them synthetic anyway it does sound a bit grim doesn't it 
yeah that yeah there's a big thing at the moment I see going around on social media like to sign a petition because they're reviewing all the the colors and there's lots of blue tones that they're trying to ban in Europe which um you know it's fine for us because we we don't really use color but um so many artists if they banned them the, the whole color palette would just be so limited yeah, I'm not really sure about that. I, I didn't did many much research on it. I kind of uh, heard both sides of the story from it, and um, I don't know. I, I my personal opinion is if they want to try to ban it, there's surely there's something, some problem with it. And yeah. also, they that Europe bans so many things. You know, there's so many things what US eats for for like um like candies even and like uh, for the crisps or for the drinks what's inside in us but what's illegal in in europe and you don't really hear i don't know mars mars or snickers they like complaining that you know hey that europe is trying to ban us so let's all sign something i don't know it's kind of <laughs> weird um i don't know yeah. I, yeah I i don't know the whole story of it but it just seems Same. weird because many of the things are banned here because clearly we are so much more advanced uh, in kind of what we feeding people here, I guess. And we, we really check a lot more in Europe than they do in the US. Yeah. Yeah. You are really right there. And I haven't really done any research about it. Like it's not something that would affect me that much. So I hadn't sort of looked to think, thought to look into it that much, but yeah, you are right. What, um, what inks do you choose to use? I use silver backing black and some shades gray wash as well and they're white so mostly I just use silver backing for everything yeah I I've used silver back and it is really nice and I I started using dynamic black but I've got um, some silver wash um some yeah. silver back but I saw when I watched that video do you tend to mix up some of your like your own shades yourself or do you do you use like pre-mixed Usually I go with premix, but now, like when I travel and stuff, I just then mix it myself. Just I don't premix myself, but I just mix it in cups inside the cups when I before I'm tattooing. And because now with all the lockdowns and stuff, there's like so many times you I, I bought like new ink, I open it up, and and then there's lockdown, and after lockdown ends, you need to like dispose the ink already. So now I just buy one black ink and I just mix it myself just to save save throwing those bottles out and. Mm. Yeah, I saw a video, I can't remember who it was, and they were just like throwing out their entire ink collection, basically just a bin liner of, of fresh bottles of ink, just such yeah. such a waste. And then I looked on, because um, we need to do an order to get ready to go back to work, and I was looking on the Barber website, and I nearly like passed out at the, the sight of the price of gloves. Oh, really? Yeah. It's I haven't insane. seen it. I haven't looked at it. They, they've gone up to like, I think it's like, Fifteen ninety five or sixteen ninety five of bucks yeah. plus that. Is that because they've all been taken off it's, to be used by, or or because everyone and their aunt needs now gloves if they're to clean the just, whatever it in general. Just all world uses yeah. gloves now. Yeah. You know, every single industry will use gloves, but they never used to use. Yeah. Them. Now they yeah. do. That's it, and they used to be four ninety five a bucks. So it's like such a huge huge increase but yeah and also I, I it's probably like companies just using it as an opportunity to put their prices up because they know that everybody wants them we have to yeah, use could them be. could so, be yeah I'm always Crazy. thinking about things like that but then you never know they could they could have done it years ago they could have put it like 20 bucks 20 per box and that's it nothing you can do yeah yeah you're right 
So how how long have you been vegan now? Um, about seven years, I think I've been vegan. Could be eight. <laughs> Could be say six. I don't even count anymore. I think it's around seven. Yeah. Yeah. Was I'm it an saying. easy transition? Uh, to me, it was pretty easy. Uh, kind of never missed anything. Yeah, went no, pretty I, straight away. I found it very easy as well. I, I think I was about the same. I think it was 2000 and 2014. And I went straight as well. For I didn't have a vegetarian crossover point in the middle. So yeah. I, had, <coughs> I had a um, maybe it was about a month where I was, I think, I don't, I addicted probably the wrong word, but I, I was just so mentally in tuned to eating meat that when I wasn't, it felt weird. And that lasted a, yeah, a month most and never cared again. Mm. no there's so many substitutes as well now so no now it would be a lot lot easier yeah oh yeah I definitely. Guess. definitely even even in the, the short time that i've been vegan watching how everything changes and every restaurant even awful places like kfc you've got a kfc yeah. vegan burger now and it's like there's something everywhere and you don't because that was always what i hated what i hated most about it was when someone would go out for dinner for someone's birthday and no one would check. Like they know I'm vegan because they say I go on about it all the time because they ask me about it all the time. <laughs> and then, and then would go somewhere and I'll say, "All right, yes, yeah, fine. I'll eat before I go." Oh, is there nothing for you here? Sorry. So like, you know, you you know, you could have checked. You asshole. But no one does it anymore because they can't. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's harder to find somewhere that isn't or doesn't have an option. Yeah. So good on the world for all of that. Absolutely. If you if you go somewhere and they haven't got a vegan option, like it's so stupid of them to limit yeah. themselves in that way. Like why cut out a, such a big, um, a like big number of cost, potential customers? Yeah, and I also know loads of people that now don't. They're not vegan, but they'll 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 only eat meat three times a week. So if they've already had it three times that week and they're going out on Friday or Saturday, they're like, right, I can't. I'm not doing it again. They keep to that. So there's also that. It's not like you. It's not just your hardcore tree shaggers like us that there's actually people who are who are who are just trying to do a little bit every now and again that will do it as well so yeah yeah it's definitely it seems to be people are a lot more aware and just more people trying to make those changes by like you know doing one vegan day a week and so on and um is it so how how much are you involved with frost burgers Henry? quite a lot involved with the frost burgers yeah it's my wife's restaurant but pretty much we did from the day one we we did everything together on it um, we kind of had that concept already ready for for some time and then we were just working hard on it and thinking about everything and putting everything together and stuff like that but at, at the moment i'm less involved because it's now all paperwork and all the accountants <laughs> and all that stuff so yeah i, I just can't follow it anymore too much <laughs> but we still think about the new re recipes all the time and go there testing stuff and stuff like that so could you for anybody listening who doesn't know uh, what frost burgers is could you tell us a bit about it well frost burgers is a restaurant uh, me and my wife opened in liverpool in 2019 i think yeah and it's a 100 percent plant-based burger restaurant and we just wanted to show the, how badass kind of plant-based food can be. Um, because when we traveled around the world sometimes and, and even like local areas, so when we were having vegan options, a lot of times they were 
like disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say disappointing, but when we eat that, we were thinking like, well, we couldn't sell it ourselves, you know, and I don't know who is actually selling some of the food, not even talking about vegan food, just the food in general. Sometimes you go to a restaurant and you eat it and you think, why are they even selling this? You know, it's just ridiculous. It, it, it's like, you know, I, I would be embarrassed to sell something like that and tell my parents, you know, hey, I opened the restaurant and tell basically and sell shit to customers. You know, I would be embarrassed. Yeah. So with that in, in mind, we opened something what we were be super proud of, you know, what we actually think ourselves is badass place, because that's, I think, the most important. And I, I don't know, don't understand why other people don't think like that, because it's basically it's your image. It's, it's who you want to be. What do you want to put in this world? And we want to be we want to put something what we're proud of and what's cool. So we opened that restaurant. Yeah. And, and everyone's really enjoying it. Um, uh, or customers are not only vegans, like like you mentioned before. We, I think, about half of our customers are meat eaters and vegetarians yeah. as well. And that's so, that's the, always a good measurement for how good vegan food is. Is yeah, get get loads of meat eaters in there. Right, I've done it before. I've taken my brother, who's very much a meat eater, and I love confusing him and watching. He has a bite of something. He's like, <laughs> I do that with Grant. It's amazing. Yeah. That, tastes, that tastes delicious. And you're like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? doesn't have to have a dead baby in it. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that. I've made like spaghetti bolognese or like a lasagna or something. And I okay, so what's that? Because my boyfriend's like the ultimate carnivore. And I say like, did you, uh, did you like that? He's like, yeah, it's nice actually. I'm like, it's corn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's always like a bit outraged that I would do that. He went, why would you say, why would you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why would I feed you plants? <laughs> like, God forbid. <laughs> uh, I have lasted after a Frostburger since you since you opened. It looks delicious. And I saw that you've got new um, milkshakes now as well. Yeah. That's... Yeah, we have milkshakes now. And we opened another location in Manchester as well. But oh, in wow. Manchester, it's like a delivery-only location. So, yeah. It's cool. Well, it must have been a really hard time to have a restaurant, especially like at the start of lockdown when everything everything really closed, didn't it? The first one. Yeah. But um, it must, I suppose now, everyone sort of settled into the rules and regulations and, and takeaway food is like pretty popular, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. But we always say that we come and visit people in, in real life when stuff is back to normal. So I am... I'm desperate to try one of the burgers. What's your favorite one on the menu? My favorite one on the menu is uh, <laughs> I don't even, uh, bacon trouble. Uh, it's like kind of double, double trouble burger with the bacon inside. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And definitely um, have to come around and get the two, then try some burgers together. So. Okay. I'll be up there. Yeah. I reckon I could be. What's the time yeah. now? Half eleven. I could probably be about half five. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna go yeah. now. I'll just set off. <laughs> back. Yeah, that would be amazing. A real dream. Although one of the things I was gonna ask you is how long does it take? Say you're doing like a palm size portrait. How long would that take you to do? Usually, I do a bit bigger than palm size. So I don't know. Okay. Around. Yeah, around that size. I don't know, a four <laughs> size or something with the background and some other stuff around. That usually just the day session, so around six and a half, seven and a half hours, somewhere between those. 
Okay, mm. so we'll go to Frostburgers first, and I'll get like <laughs> two of the the bacon bacon burgers, and then um, three milkshakes, and then I should be okay. We set for this. Yeah. <laughs> I hate getting tattoos. We can do something smaller, a little bit. Sometimes I do like like four or five hour sessions. Yeah, <laughs> I hate Speak. getting tattooed as well. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've found that as I get older, I've, I've, my tolerance tolerance levels are. Like not not for the pain, but for just for, for sitting down and, and <laughs> just being in, being told what to do for more than three hours annoys me. You know what I mean? Being told what to do yeah. for three hours is more upsetting than being tattooed. Yeah, but it's the pains. I know, but I know the pains always there. But it's the the just sitting still has never annoyed me before. But now I'm like just shuffling all the time and like yeah. It's like I don't know. Yeah, being a grumpy old asshole. <laughs> I guess with like portrait work and stuff though it's quite easy going it's not like ton shitloads of outline yeah. shitloads of solid color like it's quite a chilled sort of way to get tattooed so it's a I'm bit sure easier yeah I'm sure I'll survive just about I mean yeah the back of my calf it's probably gonna have to be pretty big so I'll just suck it up I'll bring some back team <laughs> is that be- is that cruelty free yeah, okay. I think it did. <laughs> okay, I'll bring like five balls. <laughs> awesome. Well, I've got some time to prepare myself. How how far in advance are you normally booking? Usually I try to book around three, four months in advance. I don't, yeah. Now I don't even know what I'm going to do with all these lockdowns and stuff. Probably I'll just keep around three months and then just try to move them all yeah. again forward. I did it already third time now, I think, so... Yeah. Have you started yeah. booking people back in for the 12th or are you waiting until it's... I, I moved some people, but I'm kind of waiting as yeah. well. It's like 50-50. Yeah. yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Like, Because if we book people in... So I've got some gaps in the first few weeks that we're back, just from some cancellations and things. And if I book people in in that week, I'm so aware that they might, I might then have to rebook them again. And it's just, it's yeah. so much work, isn't it? A lot of work, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I think that they're so set on that date that even if it is scientifically bad for the general population, I think they'll 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 do. They're, they're so worried they're about pushing getting... deadlines back and make themselves look like dickheads again that they just won't do it and hope the vaccine catches up. <laughs> so you should you should be all right, basically, but you might get poorly. <laughs> I'm just gonna be a mess again. They're gonna open it again too early, and then they're gonna again will be loop yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that Europe's not looking too hot as well, their numbers are going up. Because I I always concentrate on the the numbers of people in hospital, and they're going up because cases have been going up all the time because we're testing more. But it's yeah. people in hospital is the one that's scary in it. It'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. So by the time this comes out, it's going to be like June. So we're recording yeah, this now end, end in May, in March. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Maybe we'll listen back and go, oh, yeah, remember when we thought we'd be working. <laughs> or you'll be going, everything's fine. And it, the vaccine was great and everyone was happy and we're back yeah. to normal again and isn't everything lovely. So Yeah, do you remember when we had COVID? That was funny. <laughs> it fucking wasn't. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. So you have like so many things going on. You've got the um your YouTube channel. Um do you still upload to that regularly? No, it's really uh 
slow there because I don't know it's just so hard for me to film anything and edit as well it just takes so much time and also I usually film the the content in the studio with like yeah. machine testing and with some doing but now because of all the lockdowns and everything I don't really go to the studio and I don't really test the two machines as well I have maybe like three new tattoo machines what I want to try on but then I can't really do reviews or anything without testing so yeah that YouTube doesn't really go uh go kind of, it's slow there but also i did that youtube channel only to kind of uh, cover the basic information i never wanted to make a youtube kind of channel you know uh, so i mostly i wanted to cover basic information so when people ask me to help out with some of the stuff i can send them there and they can find that information there themselves so now for me there's no need really to keep uploading a lot of videos yeah. So do you mean like the information for customers, if they have any general questions or for it's um, more other for artists. artists? Yeah, more for other artists. Yeah, that it's so nice to impart your wisdom like that. So many people are so closed and don't want to give away their secrets and stuff. And actually, we're all we're all in the same boat, aren't we? We're all doing well. Most of us are doing it because we just love it. So why not share the, the knowledge? Yeah, I think by sharing the knowledge from what I learned in my life, by sharing the knowledge, only you're going to gain yourself a lot more, you know, it's like, I know a lot of people keeping their secrets and stuff, and I think it's something important, but I don't know, even if you give out your secret, it's not like there's other people suddenly going to be better than you or something like that, and I think most, most of the people are scared of it. But I personally know how hard it is when you don't know something because I went through that myself, you know, growing up without, well, starting tattooing without like money and without internet and without all that. I know how hard it is when you don't know any, when you just don't know how to even put needle in machine, you know, I just, I, I know how it hard it was. So in a way, I kind of want to give back and support some of those artists who struggle as well, like me. I know nowadays not a lot of people struggle anymore because everything is out there in the internet. Well, of course, people struggle, but I mean, with tattooing, it's a lot, lot easier now not to struggle. Um, but still, I just think sharing information just in the end teaches me a lot more than people who I share that information with. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a way of looking at it. You, you gain as well. It's not you losing out by telling someone else. The act, yeah. the act of telling something else you gain from that as well. That's, that's nice. Also, to tell something, uh, you need to learn about it more mm. as well. So sometimes when I need to review machines, I don't even know myself anything about them. And I need I, I tattoo with them, but I don't know what stroke it is or what speed I tattoo with or uh, other things like that. So I need to kind of research that myself. And, and other things as well uh, in tattooing, uh, I kind of need to learn about it so I can talk about it more. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, actually. Like, yeah. I, it's so nice to keep evolving and constantly learning and and the only way we can really do it is from other other people and making the making the effort to do it what are the machines that you've got to to test out that you've got waiting i have a blood blood avenger 2 machine and then i have a soul uh, so no unlimited uh, 3.5 millimeter one that's wireless machine i tried it for a couple tattoos but i haven't tried it enough to know what else i have i have as well blood blood avenger first one what i haven't even reviewed they released that one maybe like a year ago and i haven't even reviewed that because uh, with all the lockdowns mm -hmm. i couldn't and now but that, now they have the second one 
out. I probably have something else I don't even know anymore. <laughs> hard to hard to even think now. What's it, your favorite it's been machine? Like, favorite one will be Solnovo Unlimited, uh, four millimeter one, because that's the one I got first. But now I think I would prefer three point five millimeter for black and gray, and it's a wireless machine and just so comfortable to use and yeah, amazing machine to me to my work works perfectly. Is it a pen like using cartridges? Yeah, it's pen style cartridge machine. Is that what you'd always opt to use now? Most of the times, yeah, I use cartridges for everything. Uh, sometimes I still use uh, older like rotaries for uh, just line work. So with standard needles, if I do lettering or some a lot more lines, then I would use a standard needle. Yeah, it's um. I know Mick must just be going like. <laughs> what? <laughs> I ask everyone because I find it so interesting everyone uses such a range and um and yeah it is interesting and like you know half of these machines you mentioned nobody would really I wouldn't know anything about them unless I'd watched your your video so you're and it's hard when you buy a machine you're taking a risk aren't you like every yeah. time we go every year we would go to like the London convention the Brighton convention my boyfriend would always buy a new machine every time he goes and sometimes he'd try like from some unknown uh, maker just to just to try it out because you don't know until you try it I also think sometimes that would so... pay off and sometimes that really didn't <laughs> I also think it's cool when you hear the stories about why people use what they do and there's always be like oh such and such recommended it to me I had a go or it's like you said there the, the first one that I used there's always a story about about why why you use that equipment which is also cool and interesting is it um do you use pens because you don't have to remember to use an elastic band on your needles Henry? um you don't need to use elastic bands and needles with uh, not just pens <laughs> but, but also with uh, cartridges in general i think but i that, i just yeah. say that because i watched your when i was watching your documentary you said that when you started out um uh -huh because there was there was no sort of knowledge available you didn't know that you had to use yeah. the band on there <laughs> yeah true uh, just just jumping about a bit um before you settled... like a needle without without an elastic band <laughs> indeed <laughs> um, but before you settled in in liverpool you 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 had quite a quite a journey around different places in england trying to get an apprenticeship or trying to get a trying to get a job do you want to just tell us quickly about that so first, when I moved to England, I moved to Derby. Uh, yep. I, and I moved there because I had one of my friends who I was uh, tattooing back in Latvia. I started tattooing a kind of sleeve on him. So he kind of invited me over. He said, come on, come over to England, tattoo me more. Maybe you can find some job here or something. And so for me, that wasn't like, well, kind of, it was a goal to me to find a job, of course, but it wasn't something I thought will really happen. So I I thought, okay, I'll go there for a couple of weeks, tattoo him, and maybe we'll walk around studios and try to find some apprentice job there or some helper's job. I didn't even, I think back then I didn't even know that apprentices are and what apprentices is, you know. And so I went around some studios with my portfolio. Portfolio was awful. I wish I still had it, but I didn't even know. I probably like threw it out when I started tattooing with it was awful portfolio, all home tattoos and just printed on like really bad sheets of paper. Ridiculous. But 
yeah so i went around all the studios in derby and actually one studio was opened there only maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago before i came in and they said that they just opened it so of course they don't have any extra help or job or anything to give me but if i can come back again in a couple months maybe they will give me a little bit more to do so and I thought that's cool, you know, at least they were friendly because other people were not even, you know, they kind of kicked me out. Yeah. <laughs> and so there I started kind of going uh, back and forward to the studio, just chatting with the owner and helping out a little bit. And then he kind of uh, asked me, do I want to draw something for him? And, and just was super helpful and uh, just helped me out a lot. And, and slowly I started kind of training there with a lot of things because of course uh, all my background was just home tattooing so I didn't understood much about it and so I, I would say that was my apprentice apprentice apprenticeship but it wasn't really kind of like a proper apprenticeship you know it was more like hanging out and helping out there in studio but also gaining a lot of knowledge and from there uh, yeah I, I stayed there about a year and a half maybe tattooed there and then I thought that I'll move to London because London is a bigger city and a lot more opportunities there. Mm -hmm. And I thought everyone will want me as an artist there, but that was wrong again. And I, <laughs> I couldn't find any job in London. Yeah, it was really struggling there in London. And it was as well winter time. So there was no kind of tourist spots, walk, walking studios where they yeah. where, where they just hire artists for the you know summertime. And so that was pretty bad. And then I decided to move back to Latvia at all because I just thought my portfolio is really bad. That there's no chance I can get better portfolio if I'm not tattooing or if I'm tattooing just small, tiny walk-ins. Mm -hmm. So I moved back there. And because back their home, I have a lot of more friends, you know, and prices are a lot cheaper. Living is a lot cheaper. So I, I was able to uh, tattoo people for cheap prices and also for free and uh, large pieces on them and kind of, in maybe in like four or five months i kind of really uh changed completely my portfolio and everything there and also because i had all the studio knowledge so everything was clean and sterile and i was like using disposable things and so with that portfolio then after after those few months i can probably get in many studios in pretty much any city not like the it wasn't the best portfolio but it was solid you know solid work and so with that one, then I moved back to Derby again because it was just easier for me to be there because I already knew some of the people and friends there. And then I met my wife and she she lived in Liverpool. We, we kind of met and, and I thought, well, Liverpool will be a better option for me than Derby because Liverpool, again, bigger city and more opportunities. So I moved here and started working in some studio as well. And the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a, yeah, a real a real thing that, that, that all of the wonderful artists that we've been fortunate enough to talk to, every single one seems to have that 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 same problem is once you've got started and you've got you've got your portfolio and you've got some clients, you're away. But getting to that's the hardest step that anyone everyone seems to have is getting that that first bit done. It seems like such a yeah, you have to work for free or you have to beg and you have to be on yeah. for, for two years before someone will let you tattoo a, a, you know, a tiny little football badge on someone because they don't want to do it. It seems like a real, I don't, I don't know how you solve it because I don't know enough about it, but it seems like a real closed-minded yeah. view of, of everyone else who isn't at that level already. There's No one's ever going to get there. 
you just need somebody to take that chance and have the time. And like when I came here, um, it's my my boyfriend Sharp and he who wasn't my boyfriend at the time. And I'd sort of gone around all the studios <laughs> in the area and um, I'd started an apprenticeship at one shop and it just sort of didn't really work out. And then somewhere I went somewhere else and she was super quiet. Um, and I came in here and he said, he said, I haven't got the time to take on an apprentice, but you're welcome to watch. And that was, I think, the most important thing. And after that, I just barged my way in and just pestered <laughs> him until he let me get registered and stuff. <laughs> and I think I gather that was pretty similar for you. Henry is deceit. You're the mentor. Just said, "Oh, well, you can watch," and then that's just the best way in, really. Yeah. <laughs> lucky, <laughs> lucky, lucky, lucky. If we get the people like that who who, yeah. who gives you a chance, like you said, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people are put off by having an apprentice because so many, um, they don't they dedicate all this time to somebody and then they the person learns to tattoo and then leaves. That's it. pretty much all the time happens as well. That yeah. So where are you tattooing now? Are you still at Boulders for us? Yeah, I'm still there. How long have you been there for? Five years, I think I've been there. Yeah, wow. it's a really cool studio. I love it there. That's great. I've looked, I've seen like loads of pictures and follow all the artists, and it does look like a really nice, nice place. I'll have to. I'll come and pester them all when I get tattooed by you. Yeah. <laughs> come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How how do you manage to maintain a good like work life balance because you have your family and then you do your tattooing and YouTube and so on? Uh, I I don't think I manage it well though to be honest because there's just so much to do and I'm, I'm I never have a day off you know I always working so since seven o'clock in the morning till like twelve o'clock every night it's like one year like not even one year like five years maybe in a row now so just always working and I don't know it's something I really enjoy and I think we live only once you know and and why not you know every time I don't work or don't do something productive I kind of feel it's wasted time um I don't watch any tv shows I don't watch any movies I don't watch anything anymore I just always do something I try to do something productive or I have daughters you know so I hang out with them and that sort of time what I maybe would watch movie instead you know but because I rather hang out with them so Mm-hmm. um just i don't know I, I just try to kind of plan everything uh, that helps me so i'm super strict with something uh, before i go to sleep i kind of figure out what i need what needs to be done next day and i try to do that now with all the lockdown and stuff everything is messed up and i i have a bit like kind of issues as well with it like kind of not really mental issues but it's like anxieties and all that stuff you know and some depression even sometimes or part of the depression it's not really a clinical one of course for me but still you you feel like really run down and and lack of motivation and all yeah. that so it's a lot harder now when i don't have that set hours and set things what i need to do definitely so i really prefer that when and so i try as much as i can uh, plan at home as well to do something set and what helps me to do as much as i do that's really nice to hear you say that you've like struggled with mental health because it's so it we just have to work so hard to normalize it especially in men um so many people are struggling in the lockdown I think all of us you know have struggled with it and just for more and more people to put their hands up and say yeah I'm the same it's so good to Mm -hmm. hear yeah definitely 
because it is shit. We're all fucking depressed. And the more people that say is, it, yeah. yeah, it makes you feel better. Like, oh, actually, you know, maybe I'm not by myself in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just like you said there, that like that there's a the thing with, with blokes, with men specifically, I think, is that this just saying that you're not doing very well, it doesn't need to be a clinical doctor's note to say you are really poorly you you've got a mental illness you can just have bad mental health and I think there's a differentiating between between the two and just you're allowed to be shit and down and not be totally positive and a big brave boy and everything like that and I think yeah good on you for for saying that because I think it's something that we don't do uh, in yeah general. Definitely. I do try to talk about it as much as possible, but even talking about it as well, it's hard uh, sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah, because exactly. of course, when, when, when there's a good days, you know, you don't really want to talk about it in yeah. a way. I don't really want to mention that much, you know, because when there's good days, I want to talk about other things, but when there's bad days, I'm not strong enough to talk about it as well. And then I think it's so important to talk it right now. And I just overthink about it and overthink and it, it brings me even more down because yeah. then I haven't talked about it with anyone. And I, now I think, well, now I'm like letting everyone down. So it brings me even more down. And when you're even more down, it's even harder to talk. And then it's just loop and loop. So I do try to talk about in some of my um, Instagram as well sometimes. And we do try to raise some money for some mental health illness, yeah. uh, for some mental health charities as well with our streetwear, with Frostwear. So yeah we, we tried something but of course not enough no, never is enough so never always... enough, but you, all those small bits they all yeah. go you know they all add up and Definitely. um even just posting about a charity it, it helps them out yeah. so it's, it's all good it's, so if, if one person hears it or sees it and feels a bit better or, or acts on it then 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 it's a good thing that's, yeah I always concentrate as well on one person. If it can help one person, that's yes, it. That's, it. that's all. That's all it takes. You yeah. never know that one person can be like president next next time. You know, you never know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, there's we'll have to put this in the intro, but there's one particular um, Instagram page that I follow and try and promote, and it's called uh, Give Us a Shout. And it's just like a oh, I can't remember what the number is, but you just basically text shout to this five digit number, which will. I'll include and um it's just a way you can just text somebody anonymously uh, an anonymous person if you're sort of in crisis and there's so many amazing resources like this we'll we'll just have to put up a list of them yeah but we'll do a list at the start yeah yeah it's um yeah really great to to talk about and um just to normalize so thanks for bringing that up thank you so on let's uh move on what have you uh, got planned? Anything exciting in the pipeline that you want to talk about or, or not? <laughs> There's a lot of things I'm working on, always working on something. Most of the time I try not to talk about because a lot of times uh, what I work about, a lot of projects, what I'm joining in or what I want to do myself in the end, it doesn't really see the daylight because a lot of factors because I run out of time or someone else lets me down in the, in the middle yeah. of the process. Not in a bad way. They just have, again, they move on with something else. And so there's always many things on the go with me, but not much I can, I can reveal, I guess, because I don't know if they're going to happen. And I don't like talking about things, what's not going to happen possibly. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to work on some seminars, trying to put out some a bit more educational information for some artists uh, again. Um, do more more cool stuff coming out with 
streetwear as well. We've been designing a lot of things and we get a lot of samples over. And so that's exciting because I'm really excited about that part. And other than that, nothing really comes in my mind. Um, I'm working more artworks as well, more prints and stuff. And I'm excited to start working probably if, if we will start. So <laughs> hopefully, and I, I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to go and order one of your Joey prints because you're, oh, it's nice. amazing <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> awesome. It's going to, I'll put you. it up like in the background of my, I've got a space right there. Yeah, I'll um, send you one. Yeah, easy. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. My, my one true love, Joey Jordison, until I knew what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, he looks great. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no problem at all. He's still a babe. <laughs> um, I don't think I've got any more questions. Have you got anything you want to mention, Meg? No, we're, we're, we're all covered. Yeah, this has been great. It's so Thank lovely so to meet on. you. Thank you. Thank you Thank again. You. Thanks for giving up your time and your busy days. And um, hopefully you'll get back to work soon. And yeah, we'll have to organize coming up. Yeah, we'll see you soon then. Awesome. Yeah. For burgers and joy to do. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> A great day. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.